today on CityCast Philly. It's the Friday News Roundup, and I'm joined with city editor at the Philadelphia Tribune, Sharon Flanagan, and senior reporter for the Philadelphia Magazine, Victor Fiorillo. It's Friday, March 3rd, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. All right, y'all. So I have a bit of an icebreaker. Do y'all have any good recommendations or things that y'all love to do at at the top of the month? Any restaurants or uh, places that like for entertainment? I've been liking uh, stopping by City Winery a lot. Oh, and they have the live music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been to a show yet. Do you like it? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's good acoustics and it's always a great crowd. I mean, it's always lots of fun, especially if you go to the ones with Mr. Man Frisbee. He is, okay. <laughs> he is the guy. Always fun. <laughs> always, you know, colorful, Afrocentric. It, it's a really great game. Cool. How about for you, Victor? Well, there's so much going on right now. I'm a little bit skeptical of the flower show uh, moving from its glorious outdoor spot at FDR Park back to the convention center. I mean, I realize why they are doing that. It is, after all, early March. But it was just so nice having a flower show, obviously, outside. Outside, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I I will check that out. And um, other than that, you know, there's one thing. um, There's a new exhibit down at the Fabric Workshop and Museum, which is in Chinatown. A lot of people don't know about the fabric workshop and museum, but um, it's either free or it's pay what you want. And uh, they just have some really wonderful exhibits there in different media and formats. Uh, so there's an exhibit there right now called Dream House uh, from a New Mexico based artist that I'm interested in checking out. So trying to give you something a little bit off the radar. Yeah, that's 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 great. Uh, I just got tickets to go see Creed 3. And I'm I'm nervous because I'm like Rocky was on his like kind of on his last leg in in the last Creed and I, I don't know what I'm gonna do it myself if if things uh go left um <laughs> but I'm I'm really excited and I haven't been to the movies you know since the pandemic so I'm I'm excited and but the thing is I'm like in the third row so I hope my neck doesn't hurt <laughs> looking at the screen. <laughs> No, I've heard nothing but good things about Creed 3, so I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. All right, let's start with breaking down some of these news topics of the week. It's it's been a week, y'all. Sharon, I want to start with you. What's your top pick for Philly News this week? Black Girl Magic in Harrisburg, I'm telling you. (laughs) State Rep Joanne McClinton finally finally sends to state house speaker. I mean, it was a long time coming. She admits that she says that there was a lot of, uh, backdoor negotiations with, uh, Mark Rossi first being in seat, but here's a Democrat representing parts of West Philly and parts of Delco. I'm eager to see what she's able to do there. And you know, like how in families, it takes a village it's going to take a Democratic village for her to really get some things done. The state Democratic chair is going to have to step up and make sure that the very slim Democratic majority is increased. 
it's going to take a village for her to get things done. I mean, it's great. First female, second uh, black speaker of the state house, but she is going to need some help to make sure that that majority means something because it's so slim right now. Right. And I read in Billy Penn this week also that this isn't like her first leadership role. Uh, She was the Democratic caucus chair back in 2018. So um, it seems like, you know, yeah, it'll be just interesting to see her her leadership as speaker of the House. Um, Yeah. And she's only 40 as well. I mean, so this is just the beginning for her. I mean, I'm expecting to see a lot of things from her. And speaking of politics, uh, let's talk about the sentencing of former Philly City Council member Bobby Heenan. That was interesting. Was it 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 was it seemed like it was a long time coming because he got convicted more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like this case has been going on forever. um, And finally, Bobby Heenan learned his fate when a federal judge sentenced him to three and a half years Um, in federal prison. Note that unlike many people in the federal justice system, he doesn't have to go to prison right away. He gets a little bit of time to say goodbye to his friends and family and how very nice for him. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got to go to the shore, go to a couple of nice restaurants. Other people, like as soon as they were sentenced, as soon as they were sentenced, you know, like in the courtroom, they were taken to prison. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) He still has lots of friends in high places. Um, so he goes down for three and a half years, joining uh, you know the ranks of the many who come before him. I think it's interesting to note that uh, we are in the year 2023, and it was in 1903 that Lincoln Steffens uh, famously wrote uh, his essay about Philadelphia being corrupt and contented. Um, and these many years later, it's hard to, I've lost count, of how many legislators uh, we've had go down. Um, I remember one time I did an analysis, this is going back a few years, and we couldn't go two and a half years, and this is just looking at city council alone, we couldn't go two and a half years over a period of like 30 years without somebody on city council being accused of some illegal activity. Um, So just business as usual in Philadelphia, Bobby Heenan is going to prison. Um, He could have gotten 10 years, The judge showed him what people were calling mercy. So he'll enjoy his time away, I'm sure. And, you know, just for our audience, um, he was convicted of bribery and fraud charges. That's right. He was, you know, quote unquote, caught up in the Johnny Dock scandal. And uh, the judge at the sentencing hearing told Heenan, I'm paraphrasing, that Uh, You were elected to be a representative of the people, but instead you were just a minion for Johnny Doc. And I read that Johnny Doc's like uh, he his sentencing is coming up in April next month. That's right. Yes. It it seems so clear, like it's like a white glove treatment because he clearly lobbied council and then ran for council and then everything else with the it's just unbelievable. Three and a half years. Yeah, so Heenan, uh, you know, March 1st is sentenced and doesn't have to uh, show up to prison until April 17th. I hope that if I'm ever convicted of federal crimes, I get I get more than a month and a half to chill out. Yeah, yeah. We need to find out who his people are. (laughs) 
Okay, let's talk about some other stories that were, you know, under the radar this week. Uh, Victor, you wanted to talk about construction at the Penn's Landing Park that's finally got the green light. Yeah, so this project has been going on for quite a while. It has the thoroughly unsexy name of uh, the I-95 capping project. But anybody who's been to Old City will know, you know, and who's gone to the waterfront knows that I-95 and uh, the still unfortunately named Columbus Boulevard, you know, they break up Old City from the waterfront in an unfortunate and inconvenient and very ugly way. There is a bit of a cap over certain parts of the highway there, uh, concrete cap. Uh, but what they're doing is they're actually building a, I think it's a 11 acre green space park, amphitheater, all that kind of stuff that will actually extend over I-95 and Columbus Boulevard uh, from Front Street to the river and from Walnut Street to uh, Chestnut Street. So that's an exciting project that they've been talking about for years. And they're finally starting uh, construction now. So they're promising that there's only going to be minor, um, you know, lane shifts on I-95 um, while this massive construction is going on. I have a feeling we're going to see it's going to be a you know big pain, um, but they're saying it should have a minimal impact on commuters. OK, that's good, because I, I can't stand traffic. <laughs> uh. Um, Sharon, you wanted to talk about some some beautiful things. Like Victor said, he's going to try to go to the flower show. Philly cherry blossoms are threatened by climate change. What's happening there? I know. I mean, and that's it's not just in Philly. It's also in D.C. where I used to live in the DMV. Uh, the climate change has led to you know rising temperatures and more precipitation and the season of those beautiful, beautiful pink blooms are just getting shorter and shorter. Mm. And this, they have shown studies that those kinds of things affect our quality of life. Those kinds of things affect our mental health. There is it's just a domino effect. And people aren't talking about enough. People aren't caring enough about that science. So, and I mean, I love, I just love going for those walks you know, having something positive in this city of ours where there's enough negativity. Hey, go for a walk, see some beauty, breathe, exhale, you know? Do the cherry blossoms, um, do they uh, bloom like on Kelly Drive or where would you go to see them in the city? Yeah, I, I like to go into uh, the Morris Arboretum as well as the Drive. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like after work, and I know that you've been at the Tribune, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> after work, <laughs> go. you know, I just would go and decompress along the drive, go for a drive, and now my, you know, take a six-pack of what is now my favorite drink is Stellar Artois Liberté, so I'm, I'm into nice. the whole sober movement, hoorah, and <laughs> just taking a walk and making sure that I'm keeping my mental health safe you know just like yeah. you know with our you know u.s senator john fetterman so yeah and speaking of that yeah there's been a lot of talk recently just about that you know about mental health um victor how about for you how do you decompress um with all this news all this information well it's a little hard and my wife says i need to do a better job of it but um <laughs> i like to cook and uh my kids enjoy okay. cooking so we spend a lot of time in the kitchen cooking together it's a good creative outlet 
um, in its own way. And I also, uh, I'm a musician, so sometimes just sitting down at my piano or my organ or one of my various other keyboard instruments and just, you know, playing, imp improvising for a little while is a good way to, um, you know, take my mind off of other things. I love that. Cooking with the family, playing music. Yes, music is so therapeutic. I really love like getting a new series and watching it with the kids. Um, we just finished watching National Treasure on Disney Plus and Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> It's about this little this little black girl um, in New York solving all these crimes and where her little Afro puffs. <laughs> and um, it. obviously it's a cartoon and I love cartoons. So that helps me decompress. Yeah. <laughs> Another story that caught my eye this week was the sit-ins that students are participating in at Drexel University. Um, it just caught my eye because, you know, sit-ins are, you know, have been like an old school way, I feel like, of demonstrating when you're um, when you're upset about something. And so I thought that was interesting. And I always like looked at history, too, and like how young people, you know, really tried to make movement um, and social change. And so what's happening there is that the students are demanding that the university save the federal subsidized apartment complex called University City Townhomes. So this was a like low income housing unit and the residents there had to, you know, leave and find new places to live um, at, at the February 21st deadline. And so students, you know, want the university to save this um, complex. They also want the property owner, uh, one of the principals of the of the property owner, IBID Associates, to be removed. But the university says, like, we don't own that. We, we don't um, make any decisions regarding that particular housing unit. So it's just it's just interesting. And I believe that the students are still sitting out um, outside of the president's um, office um, making their demands. So this is this is interesting. There's been a lot of movement this week at the local universities in the city. Um, you know, as we know, that Temple students made um, did a did a protest this week as well over, you know, safety issues and concerns. And that came from um, the killing of Officer Christopher Fitzgerald um, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, a lot of interesting news coming from universities. Yeah, I'm loving that the students are stepping up this level of engagement on their part. And I'm looking forward to it, especially with it being an election year. You know, what else is going to be happening? Are they going to be holding people's feet to the fire and holding them accountable? People who are running again as incumbents and and people from city council who are now running for mayor. Like, are these young people going to continue that level of engagement? It's important. All right. We, we you know, I, I don't want to end the show <laughs> with bad news, but we got a lot of good news we want to talk about and I, I want us to share it. First, I want to give a huge shout out to Sydney Brown. She is 18 years old and has been named the 2023 Northeast Regional Youth Poet Laureate and a finalist to become the National Youth uh, Poet Laureate 
by Urban Word, um, which is this literary arts organization. And so, yeah, she's from Northeast Philly. She is an award-winning poet, author of a book called Daydreaming, and producer of the spoken word album Road Trip. So congrats to her. You can read more on that, on her story in the Philadelphia Tribune. Yes. Victor, um, what great uh, news do you have for us today? Well, I don't know if it's great news, but it's fun news, which is that uh, with Easter coming up, uh, Peeps and Pepsi have released their Peeps Pepsi. Yes, Peeps as in the Pennsylvania. The little little marshmallows (laughs) I would get in my Easter basket. (laughs) Those little marshmallows, which are actually manufactured in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is why it's a Philadelphia story that we can talk about. Um, They make 5.5 million Peeps every day, if you can believe that. I mean... I don't think I've ever had a Peeps other than around Easter and only because I've been right. forced to by my kids. Um, but apparently there's a big demand <laughs> year round. So there, uh, two years ago, they did this uh, 3000 bottle limited edition Peeps Pepsi, uh, which is now as of, I think this week, available at grocery stores nationwide. Um, I had a few sips. I'm not a Pepsi fan. I'm not a Peeps fan. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Uh, definitely not for me, uh, but I guess if you're into weird, um, you know, flavor combinations and you want to rot your teeth out, uh, this could be for you. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely have to try. I love things like that, like taste fusions. But just hearing about it kind of makes my arteries clog up. Just yeah, I don't about know it. how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like a marshmallow is very like thick like uh dense and it's going to be like a very dense soda and like you said victor on your teeth like <laughs> oh my goodness just think of all that sweetness like i do love pepsi <laughs> i've never really been crazy about peeps but i've yeah. got to try it. <laughs> it is unsurprisingly overwhelmingly sweet and uh oh. yeah. godspeed if you're going to drink this stuff <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, you also have some good news. Uh, Something called Joe Frazier Day happening next week. Yeah, my father instilled this love of boxing in me. Yes, all four foot ten of me. So (laughs) having Joe Frazier adopt Philadelphia as his hometown, that was a big deal. And every time I went by Joe Frazier's gym on Broad Street, I, I used to dream of being able to go there and work out. But unfortunately, it's a furniture store now. But next week, the good news is that it will be Joe Frazier Day. City Council is uh, designating it, um, has designated March 8th as Joe Frazier Day. And it's also, it falls in line with the uh, fight of the century. So that's how they decided on that, on that day. And I'm just looking forward to seeing many of his, his fans and friends and family members come together um, next week to celebrate that fire of the century. And I remember that part of the Ali movie where, you know, Ali just gets out of uh, prison. He's broke. He comes to Philly and Joe Frazier meets him and gives him a ball of cash and helps him out. 
even though they were fierce competitors, they still had a code of looking out for each other. And that's the thing that I choose to remember about Joe Frazier, like not just that he could beat you down, but that he could be a very, he could be a fierce friend, just like a fierce competitor. So that's going to be happening next week in front of uh, Xfinity Live. Nice. That's Sharon Flanagan, city editor at the Philadelphia Tribune and senior reporter for Philadelphia Magazine, Victor Fiorillo. Thanks so much for joining me on CityCast Philly, y'all. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Have a great weekend. And don't forget, you can read up on all the stories we talked about by checking out the show notes. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. If you're making summer plans for your little ones, consider the Philadelphia Parks and Rec Department's list of over 100 neighborhood day camps. There's also theme camps, which include performing and visual arts, sports, skateboarding, swimming, and a lot more. Registration opened this week. You can get more info at phila.gov. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you. Call or send us a text at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Mallory Fulk. Our producer is Abby Fritz with help from Noah Snyderman. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trine Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, please tell your family, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you. Ooh, that's not what I wanted to say. Uh...